Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the Warhammer 40k podcast where you get to write the script. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show and maybe even jump your story in the line, or maybe even read stories with me, or maybe you have a story you would like to read to me, head on over to Patreon at Lorehammer Listener Lore and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show. Enjoy. Hello and welcome back to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. Hey everybody, I'm your host Marcus and joining me today we got Maddie Boy. What's good? Oh, I'm great man. Thanks for having me back. How are you? Oh man, I'm excited to talk lore. Um, yesterday I, I recorded an episode and the story was like three minutes of reading and then we mm. talked about it for like 17 minutes and... Oh. You know, every now and again, 40K, you get these ebbs and flow of the hobby, especially when you've been in it for like 20 years. You know, it's like, I think I'm catching myself on that upward peak again. Mm, that's like, nice. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's when you look at, look at plastic and you start sweating a little bit. <laughs> okay, yeah. So you know it. I'm not the only one. No, yeah, I've been to rehab before. I know yeah. exactly what this feeling's like. <laughs> I'm on an upper right now. <laughs> hey, so I'm going to have to hand in my three-month chip <laughs> no. talk to my sponsor and just be like sorry dude i just went and bought a catch and man it's just that gw keeps releasing miniatures and what am i supposed to do not buy them right exactly i mean all of this disposable income that i've got that i would otherwise use for rent and food <laughs> like an like an idiot <laughs> like an idiot plastic is eternal let's all remember that it's the only yeah, truth exactly. in this world Apparently, we're so full of microplastics. I want it to be when I die, they can harvest me and make me full <laughs> or Lord Titan. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> that, that's like 40K, like super 40K, harvesting corpses to make Warlord Titans, harvesting metals and plastics from corpses. <laughs> yeah, right. Like if they can use the full body and turn me into a servitor, yeah. I just, I believe in recycling. I mean, a lot of people, yeah. lot of people know that. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, today we got uh, a story about Dark Eldar, and we have the, the, the author has two characters that he's written about, and they kind of lead his um, Cabal of the Black Heart. They have like a shard that he's made up, and it's called the Shard of the Fragmented Edict. And these two guys lead it. So the author, his name is Lewis, and the first guy's name is Archon Kaz Morara, and the other guy's name is Lord V. Tenebris. So let's see how these guys kind of, who they are, what are they about? How dirty can they get? Hopefully pretty bad for Dark Eldar. Yeah, yeah. An arcane death mask hides a badly weathered face as Mara struggles to conjure enough satisfaction from the horrors his forces generate for him. The mask was a gift from Vect for his contributions to the infamy of the Cabal in the outer reaches of real space now touched by the Drakari. He is a prominent figure in the more recent history of the Cabal of the Black Heart and is considered to possess fine skills for his relative age as an Archon, despite being lesser Vat-born origin. 
This is not to say that he is youthful by common standards of the aged, ageless Drakari. Assigned by the Cabal to raid the far-flung worlds and fringe arms of the galaxy, he has now been des designated to raid Hive World Billy, where Imperial presence no longer exists and has been expunged by a Hive fleet. The entire assignment could be a test of his patience by Vec as the Overlord inspects a shard of rival Archons. Though in either case, you may wince, our shard is carefully sewn together like my skin cape and its stitches are fastly tightened. Archon Kazmaro, the fickle, on his sharded responsibilities with Lord V. Tenebris, whom he is forced to defer to. Okay. And that's me? That's yeah, me. That's I have... Okay, great. So I will be talking about Lord V. Tenebris. So, far older than her looks implied... Far older than her looks implied, due to the ripening effects of soul harvesting, Tenebris is a highly experienced raider, yet has bitterly achieved the rank of Lord only within the last millennium. Having come through the Cabalite ranks, long serving under the Archons, whose names herald back to some of the oldest houses in Camorra, she is well versed in a myriad of ancient war gear and is capable of an endless array of brutal spectacles. Said to have studied under the craftiest of Drakari lords in living memory, but from those whose names are now forbidden from direct mention under the reign of Vect, her, predictable, her unpredictable methods and abrupt movements on the battlefield elicit great intrigue from those who accompany her. It is her links to these vanquished rivals of Vect that has kept her from, from assuming the position she now holds at long last after many centuries of proving herself more than worthy. Mura will do well to cast his fertile mind across my ploys and emulate them as I have the most sinister of our kin. Should he, however, should he slip, however, I will wait only for our master's faintest blessing before skewering the fickle vatborn on his own husk blade. Mirror me, for there, for there exist many a talented pupil within the bowels of the dark city. Lord V. Tenebris, on her reluctant guidance of Kazmura. Cool. Okay, so this cabal is led by these two. I I'm trying to see, did he say why it has two leading them? Um, it says that, did it not say that she was kind of, he was almost a tutor kind mm. of thing to this other guy? I mean, it says that she's come through the ranks of the Calibite, which yeah. I don't know if that's right anyway, Lady Calibites. That might be um, some lore breaking right there. I thought it was only the dudes who did the who, who did the Calibite training for Calibite Warriors. No, but, I, I, you know, I think it could be either or. It doesn't matter, but um Yeah, I thought I thought it was witches who were either or. But it's nice to see. It's, you know, yeah. that, that doesn't really bother me in particular. No. There's some cool detailed stuff like just like Dark Eldar lore that we don't talk enough about that's cool. Um, like all the Vatborn yeah. Dark Eldar and stuff. It's cool that this guy is a Vatborn one. 
Mm. It, it, it adds to, yeah, that whole, like, the, this Lord V. Tenebris is like, I don't like this person. It's a filthy Vatborn one, like. Yeah, and I feel like it's very, I feel like there could be a very good story of some kind of, like, obviously Vect has kind of sought out this person and almost, like, shown him some favor. I think you said that he gifted him a mask yeah. beforehand. And for me, it's kind of like, okay, so he's gifted a mask to a Vatborn who's younger than a lot of the other Dark Eldar. And then he's put him under the tutelage of someone who's like fought and struggled for many years and kind of said like, okay, this guy, take this guy under your wing. Um, he's like my favorite guy. He's of <laughs> lesser blood. Like I, I almost, I would love to see something play off of that where it was almost like, Maybe the mask is a double-edged sword and it does something in the meantime, or maybe Vect has ulterior, ulterior without bringing Vect into the story too much, because I think yeah. it's just subtle enough. Yeah, like a gift, like, a gift is perfectly fine. Yeah, exactly. But I'd like to see something come of that, like, well, maybe this gift isn't as much of a gift. Maybe it's just, it's like they're a something that will screw this guy up further yeah. on like or... maybe this this mask literally just vect is able to see through it and then it's like yeah. that's powerful in and of itself just being able to see what all your little minions are doing doing yeah and to be able to keep an eye on this um on this lord who's obviously kind of you know it does yeah. say like she's abrupt and unpredictable and you know, everyone's really interested in her who like travels with her and she's vanquished a lot of rivals of that. But like, yeah, something to either keep an eye on her or maybe is something that he's just doing to agitate her <laughs> and, yeah. to, and, and to make her more unpredictable and to make her, you know, like, I think there could be some really nice kind of underlying subterfuge with that. So I think it's a yeah. really... It got me thinking about, well, where is this going to go? And why is that important yeah. to mention? So, Yeah, like I would love to see like that. This was a good little intro on these two characters. I would now like to actually see them interacting with each other and like yeah. the three of them. Because, yeah, there's like all these power dynamics that play and stuff. And are there like assassination attempts between these two that like how far has this hostility gone? I would like yeah, to see well, it go all the way to murder personally, but... Yeah, because that's something, you know, it does kind of get covered in in the kind of um, homunculus kind of covens where you yeah. see you see a, tu a tutor or ment mentor-mentee kind of system, but you yeah. don't really hear it from the warrior cults. It almost yeah, feels yeah. like, you know, people don't take people on to train them to be better warriors. If you're not a good warrior... Yeah, then, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, you're cast out, you're killed, or yeah. you're made sport of, you know? Yeah, like, even, even like, the Incubi and stuff, it's like, yeah, they are dedicated warriors, but I think you already have to be a fantastic warrior to just get in, because the whole yeah, way right. to get in is you have to kill a fucking Incubi. Yeah. So you already I mean, have to kill know, a great warrior. Yeah, you're, like, trusted to bodyguard someone. You can't be splitting your time between you know training up a guy and guarding your archon say yeah. you know because like it, it doesn't seem like they would have that much that much availability you know they're paid mercenaries so who's gonna pay for a mercenary yeah. that's not trained i can just 
I could just picture this. Like, once again, I want to see a story of the dynamic between these two. Cause I could imagine the one training the other, but then intentionally like training them, like, this is how you purry a blade, but then sl- teaches them slightly wrong, you know, but that is just yeah. enough that in a later combat, he tries to block like that and it breaks his wrist. And then the other guy laughs, you know, or like, haha, I almost killed him that time, you know, just kind yeah, of these right? like more subtle, like super subtle, like ways to deal with and get rid of the other person without it being too over the top. Yeah. Like, ev- and then everything that the other guy is trying to do is figuring out how he's going to kill the person who he's training. Like, yeah, yeah. okay, I need to focus on this move. She <laughs> does this move all of the time. So how do I get underneath that? And yeah, think- yeah, yeah. And I think having the dichotomy as well of her being so, you know, unpredictable and she uses well-versed in a myriad of ancient war war gear and is capable of an endless array of brutal spectacles, it would be really cool to kind of like, you know, maybe she's getting so focused on something that this guy thinks is the time to kind of go underneath but then she was planning that and she only made it brutal to get him to like show his hand like exactly i i always think those are the most interesting parts of especially dark eldar writing yeah because it, yeah. it really it fits so well it doesn't it has to be underhanded and yeah. i think is a really good base like this is a really good piece of lore to set up a base yeah a yeah 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 real really interesting like story yeah uh so yeah, that means Lewis has to fucking start writing us some some more. Um, yeah, I would love I would love to come back on and kind of see where this goes. Yeah, and yeah, just, yeah. You know, I think I think there's like there's such good groundwork for it that is one of those stories where you read this little bit and you can see it go in a thousand different ways, which I yeah. think is the mark of good lore. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like literally, this person sent us you know, two paragraphs worth of words and, you know, how, how long have we talked about? So yeah, that's absolutely perfect lore. I love yeah. it. Anytime yeah, you really can good. talk. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, get out of us. And let us know what the, if you have characters, let us know. I would love to like get your idea of what this mask looks like. And if you have any ideas of what it does. He has a picture. I'm going to just post in the discord right now and you can okay. look at yeah, it. Sure um because something like that i think is so flavorsome and you don't hear about you know i think he's a really interesting dynamic of like what would you be like if you were a dark eldar and someone said they were going to give you a give you a gift like you would expect like they're gonna flay you (laughs) they're gonna give you some exquisite pain and then this dude who's like the worst of the worst hands you like a death mask and you're like so what does it do you're looking (laughs) looking on on the end looking on the inside for like spikes like an iron maiden like what the hell is this this is boring just put it on put it on like don't be rude yeah Cool. Well, that was a great story. Uh, Thanks for writing it. If you guys have stories you want to submit, don't forget you can submit it to lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to be on the show, shoot me a message. We're setting something up. And uh, yeah, Matt, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. And yeah, great lore this time. I didn't have to get angry at all. (laughs) Cool. Well, that's that's not what I aim for, actually, but whatever. I, I look forward to coming back to something that I'll hate. 
<laughs> cool. All right, everyone. See you on the next episode of Lorehammer Listener Alert. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page and support the show at Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you next episode. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.